0: Ayer's on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And hi there. Here is Linda and Richard Iyer, and we just stepped off the plane from being in Australia for a very long time, so it's nice to be back.
1: It is nice to be back. We're literally off the plane five minutes ago from Australia. We're breathing the air, Linda, of the northern hemisphere. For the first time in a month, we've been down doing some speaking in New Zealand and in Australia, spent a little time in Bali. And if you hear a few noises, it's because we're in LAX. We thought we'd better get off the plane just in time to do the radio show this week, and it is just great to be back in America, honey. Aren't you just, don't you feel like the air is different in the Northern Hemisphere? Are you kidding? It's totally different. We've just come from 95%
0: humidity, and uh, luckily, we hit it so that we didn't have too much hot weather, although I just saw it in Perth. It's 104 today.
1: And Where we, we were three up. days that's ago, that's Jeep. right. I've got to say, too, Linda, one of, the, one of the best things, one of the only good things about a 13-hour flight was that we were both sitting in the bulkhead, and there were two delightful little families, each with their first child, little boys. One was how old? Nine months.
0: Nine months, and how old was the baby you were sitting by?
1: I I think he just turned a year old, and they were both first children, and they had their little bassinets there on the exit row and on the bulkhead. And the baby, we thought, first of all, when you get on a plane and you're right next to a baby, you think, "Uh uh-oh. But these were the cutest little kids and the cutest little parents who just doted on them and kept them happy for 13 hours of flying across the Pacific. It was Can't pretty be amazing.
0: Bad. You know, if um, if we were across the aisle from each other, and if it weren't for that, they could have had an extra seat. It just occurred to me, <laughs> and then without us, it was <laughs> kind of entertaining to watch them.
1: I think they loved having us. There. They could tell we were doting grandparents, and it made them feel secure. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that we're going to be talking about babies a little bit today because we just got an announcement from our youngest daughter that they were expecting a baby in July, right in the middle of our family reunion. Wouldn't you
1: know it? Oh, the Uh, worst timing ever. We
0: live in London, so it couldn't be a worse time, but we'll work it out.
1: But you know what, Linda? When when you're having a grandchild, it takes precedent over everything else. We we cancel Absolutely. everything just to just to be involved in the arrival. And like you say, it's our youngest daughter. Her name's Charity, and she's been so anxious to have a have a baby. And uh, she is so happy to be pregnant. In two weeks, she'll go have an ultrasound there in London, and, and a hospital right across from Big Ben on the River Thames, and she'll call us, and we'll find out if we're getting a grandson or a granddaughter. Yes, in two weeks. is going to be so fun.
0: You know, we've been thinking a lot about babies on this trip, and we were in Bali for five days, which is one of our favorite places in the world. Um, We had so much fun there, but before I tell you uh, an experience we had there, let me just say that we asked our driver About birth and delivery in Bali, and he said most of the women are staying home or having midwives deliver their babies because those who deliver babies in the hospital have 90% of them have cesarean sections, which blows me away. 90%, wow! It must be that almost nobody goes there to have a baby anymore because um, they just do all C-sections,
1: and I don't know exactly why. we said to the driver, why in the world would 90% have C-sections? And he said, oh, it's very simple. The doctors make more money when they do C-sections.
0: <laughs> yes. He also said that when you go to the doctor you, um, for a procedure that should take three days, you're in for at least a week or two weeks and you feel worse <laughs> when you leave than when you did when you came. So he we've said, got to appreciate our
1: health care in this he, country. He said he said, never go, he said, everything's good in Bali except the hospitals, never go to a hospital here. We said, well, what if we got sick? He said, oh, then I'd take you to the international hospital and you would get good care. But if you were a Balian, you wouldn't want to go to a hospital. But Linda, we had some great, while you're on Bali, tell about the wedding that we happened to get in on. That was quite an experience.
0: You know, the reason we love Bali so much is because, first of all, they believe in the mystical and magical like no other. They make offerings to the evil spirits and so that they keep them out of their house every day. They spend a lot of money on these, on these offerings, which is so sweet. But also, um, they are so neighborhood uh, connected. All their neighborhoods are connected. We went into a, a family compound. There were 22 family members living there, but they had the most amazing situation because our driver, who is so dear, said, you know, they'll be so happy to welcome you to this wedding. Um, They're just preparing for it um, because there was something out in front on the road that told us it was a wedding. So he opened the back of his car and dressed this each with a sarong and a sash and they he said once you show up with these the people are going to love meeting you and they're going to be so happy to see you
1: so we said well we, we said and well it, we said we said to our driver well do you know this family he said no 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 i don't know them but in bali everyone's invited to every wedding and you just have to walk in and 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 I thought to myself, wow, if we were just a couple of hours away from a wedding and some strangers walked in, I think we would show them the door. But uh, sure enough, he was right. We walked in, and uh, you'd have thought we were their best buddies. And we they took us around and showed us how they do the wedding and introduced us to all the uncles and aunts and the grandparents and fed us some lovely Balian food and uh, Boy, was their whole house decorated. It was just amazing, wasn't it, honey? Well, it was more than just a house. it's several houses where different
0: families lived because they all lived together in the compound. But it was incredible. The handmade decorations that they made blew my mind. Every single thing is handmade. Those neighborhood women had been working on that for at least a week. And I mean, really, like 50 of them. We're there working and preparing food and so on. And then the whole town comes to the reception. And I guess I, I don't even think they advertise in the newspaper they don't think that invitations. I guess it's word of mouth when somebody's getting married. But we had pictures picture of the couple that walked in the door. And then they had puppets that represented each of the uh, bride and groom as you walked in the door. And it was so fascinating. We had such a good time.
1: Now, let me just orient you uh, listeners just for a minute. We, Again, we apologize for the background noise. We're standing right in the middle of Los Angeles International Airport. We just got off the plane after returning from a month of doing speaking and other engagements in Australia, New Zealand, and Indonesia. Now, Bali, of course, is a an island uh, ne- next to the big island of Java, where Jakarta and all of the large population of Indonesia lives. But Bali is a unique place because it's a Hindu island, even though most of Indonesia is Muslim. In fact, it's the Indonesia has the largest Muslim population of any country in the world, much much more. Uh, many more muslim people than in any of the middle eastern countries but here's this little island bali which is all hindu and which is just a remarkable culture it's a culture of artists and dancers and musicians and there's a kind of a magic about bali i think anyone who's visited there would would tell you that and it's a very family-oriented island and it's a one of the things that we love about Bali and/or about India, for that matter, and the whole Hindu religion is that the greeting is, uh, of course, putting your hands together and bowing and saying Namaste, which, literally translated, means "I see the divine spark in you." And at least in Bali, people really mean that. It's a it's a highly spiritual place. People have their own temples every house has a little temple and they put out offerings each morning to to all the hindu gods and the offerings are made of flowers and a little bit of rice and and palm leaves and so on and they just they they just feel a kind of a devotion to their families and to the gods that they worship, and it's a very humble, spiritual, kind of almost mystical place. How would you describe it, Linda? I would say
0: mystical and magical. They actually, the dances they do are so traditional. They have these amazing masks that they've made as they play, uh, as they play, act, uh, dance. They all, they all have stories, but they actually believe that the masks have a spirit. And so they pray before they do the performance, um, that their mask will perform well and that they will perform well. They're, they're very praying people, very, very spiritual. They are quite amazing. I think that's why we like it. I mean, some things we wouldn't agree with that they're saying, but the fact that they're so devoted to their religion is just really admirable and inspiring.
1: Now, you may say, what were you doing in Bali? We didn't actually have a speech in Bali. All of our speaking and presenting was in Australia and New Zealand and on a cruise ship we were on, and we'll get to that after the break. But the reason we went over to Bali is because we were so close to Bali when we were in Perth in Western Australia, and we've been to Bali four or five other times. We've always loved it. We got a lot of the furniture in our house from there. And we just don't miss any opportunity to get to Bali. But let's take a brief break, Linda, and hope this concourse quiets down just a little. And after the break, we'll talk a little about some of our experiences with families and parenting and and great people in Australia.
0: Ayer's on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer.
1: And we're back, and we, we apologize for some of the noise in the background, although part of ours on the Road is just bringing you with us wherever we are, and we are in Los Angeles. We just landed a 13-hour flight from Brisbane, Australia. And uh, we've had a wonderful time. We The first part of our trip, we were on a cruise, and we were speaking to a group of mostly grandparents, most of them from the States, and there were about 120 who had gone on this cruise, and we went all the way around the islands, the two islands of New Zealand, stopping in ports each night and spending some time in the fjords, the beautiful fjords of New Zealand and spending some time in uh, Christchurch and Wellington and other beautiful places. But the lovely thing about it is when we were on the ship, we had a chance to meet and talk and discuss families and talk about how to be better parents and how to be better grandparents. And I always feel, Linda, like we learn at least as much as we teach in those kind of settings.
0: Uh, Absolutely, we do, and I do have to say that my favorite part of that trip was being with Michael Wilcox, who was really the main speaker. He knows more about the history of wherever you are than anybody I've ever met. He just taught us so many things about um, Cook and the Cook Islands and how all that happened and how the the um, convicts were sent from England to Australia. Because it was the way out back, down under, and they thought they'd never see him again. They were terribly mistreated, and um, and also talked a little bit about Shackleton, who is one of my favorite people in the world. He's absolutely amazing. You have to admit that,
1: Richard. And I, I well, love no, I I love Michael Wilcox, and he takes so much pressure off of us because he does all the lecturing on on board the cruise ship for where we are, for the history and all the things you mentioned, Linda. And it leaves us free to just talk about what we love to talk about, which is families and parenting and grandparenting and marriage and all those things. And uh, so it's a, it's a wonderful combination, at least for us. We love it.
0: I do have to say, we really do love those cruises because of the people we meet also, because these aren't just regular grandparents. They they have a little bit of enough money that they can travel, for starters, but many of them are what we call serial missionaries. <laughs> many of them were members of the LDS Church, and they just go on mission after mission after mission and really help those people where they are, where, wherever they go, from all over the world, from Indonesia to China to you know Idaho. I mean, no matter where they go, they do so much good, and they all have a Fabulous story. I, oh, love I like that
1: story. I, I like that term, Linda, serial missionaries. One at one mission after another, and then they just pause once in a while in between missions to go on a cruise.
0: <laughs> right. Um, that, this is kind of a funny aside. Um, one of my most unfavorite things about the cruise is that I fell down the stairs on a rainy, wet day in the fjords, bounced down four steps, and. Packed my tailbone, and there was another uh, woman there who broke her leg the same day on the same stairs. So, um, and she was one of the serial missionaries, I have to say. <laughs> and
1: so huh. we well, I will say, Linda, Linda's, the
0: whole time, but...
1: Yeah, Linda's been pretty brave on this because that happened early in the trip, so she's been walking around with a cracked tailbone for nearly a month, but you've sure been tough about it, honey. You don't complain. I have to watch your face pretty close to find out if you're in pain, but I think you're feeling <laughs> a lot better.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure glad
1: better. for it. It's all good. Anyway, when, we, when, you we,
0: have, when you have an accident, it just makes you appreciate
1: when you don't have oh all the isn't, time so much. Isn't that the truth? So we went from uh, from the cruise, and uh, and we ended up in Melbourne, and And the timing was perfect because we got to go to the Australian Open Tennis Tournament, which is one of our favorite events in all the world, and enjoyed some time there and uh, observed some families there. It was fun to see kids and parents enjoying recreation. That's one thing about Australia. Whatever you say about Australians, they are outdoor people, and they're sports-oriented people. And they They make no apology for it. They have beautiful weather in most of their country, and they have all kinds of sports that we we do understand and love, like tennis and basketball and so on. But they also have a lot of sports, frankly, Linda, that we don't know a whole lot about, including rugby and cricket and uh, Aussie rules football and. All kinds of things, and they uh, they sure throw a lot of shrimp on the barbie, too, don't they? They're, they're outdoor people and friendly, friendly people.
0: They are wonderful. We had such a good time. The best part of the um, Aussie Open was that our son happened to be there. Our son, who's living in Switzerland with his wife and daughter, uh, has a new job in Switzerland and he, it involved being in charge of four countries and one of the countries is Australia to sell the products that his company is selling. So he happened to be there at the same time and we were overjoyed to have a reunion with him and he loves tennis as much as we so we spent some good quality one-on-one time with this boy.
1: Another example of, of uh, the outdoor nature of Melbourne. Melbourne's an interesting city, by the way, because the weather is so extreme. It can be, it, you know, it can be 100 degrees or 110 degrees one day, and the very next day it can be down in the 50s. It's just a highly volatile climate, but well, beautiful all, in its all own way. And, you know, they've had they've had times when they've had to cancel the the Australian Open tennis for a day because the temperatures were just too hot but it was nice and cool for us and it's uh, melbourne of course sits on the yarra river and the, the, it's wonderful to have a city built on a beautiful river because so much action and so much ambiance and so much aesthetics happens right down by the river we actually uh would get bikes yeah, you know, rent the little city bikes similar to what they have in salt lake and many other cities and ride right down the uh embankment on the side of the river right down to rod labor stadium where the where the tennis is and and again lots of families lots of recreation on the river it's a wonderful place and it just kind of renewed our faith in what we always say that uh There are a lot of cultural differences and whatever the economic and religious and societal differences are. When you get around parents and you watch parents with their children and you talk to parents like we had the opportunity to do, you realize once again that when it comes to what we hope for for our kids and what we worry about with our kids, our hopes and dreams and concerns are all basically the same because... All parents have that irresponsible love, that unconditional love. I shouldn't say irresponsible, but really unconditional love for their children. And you feel that when you're around parents. We had a chance to speak at a big 10 stake, 10 LDS stakes in Brisbane fireside a couple of nights ago and earlier to a four stake one in uh, Perth in Western Australia. And then we had, on the last night we were there, which was just last night, although it seems longer ago than that, Linda, because we're going to have a 42-hour Saturday today because we flew back over the international date line. It'll be Saturday for us for 42 hours. But it was last night on Friday night that we had the chance to speak to the Australian Family Association, wonderful group that – uh a national group in Australia that is doing everything they can to strengthen families and to celebrate commitment and to encourage young people to get married and to be committed in their marriage and to be good parents. And uh, we love people like that. We love groups like that.
0: Um, Also, we uh, actually the reason this all started is that uh, another group invited us Um, to come and it's called the Entrepreneurs Organization and it's a group of mostly young parents but they are um, very high-paid personalities. They all have their own businesses and they want to do better with their families and actually they are very strong parents. They were very open to ideas of uh, making their family feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves and of being really involved with a lot of things that we taught them, it was really fun. They they had their event at a car dealership. The, wasn't it
1: was an Audi. Yeah, they had a there was a big brand new Audi dealership in Perth, and uh, these this entrepreneurs organization likes to have a learning event pretty much every month for their members, and they're always looking for new interesting venues. We've spoken around the world for this organization and for another similar one called Young Presidents Organization. And they're always looking for unique venues. They they we, we spoke at one not long ago in a in a horse race arena and then this one the other night was in this big new Audi dealership and we just went to a beautiful room upstairs after we'd had a chance to look at all the new cars, and there we got a chance to talk about parenting and families and marriage. And of course, being as close to Valentine's Day as it is, we, we spent a little time talking about strong marriages. And most of you listeners know that when we when we give a speech, it's not really a speech. We try to lead a discussion to get people involved in sharing their ideas. And uh, see, there were a lot of good ideas, Linda, on how to how to help kids to feel an identity in their family and how to help them have confidence and how to help them be polite and have values and so on. And there's nothing quite like a group of parents all sharing not only their good ideas, but their concerns. And one thing we always worry about a little bit is that um, so many of us as parents feel a lot of guilt. We feel like, ah, oh, if only i known this earlier, if only I'd done a little better job. And, and, you know, if we go in and we're just giving them all these parenting ideas and they're just sitting there saying, well, I didn't do that and I didn't do that, so I must not be a good parent and I feel guilty about it, then that's the worst possible outcome. So what we've learned is to start off by saying, look, we're all in this together. We all struggle. We all have some kids that are more difficult than others, but let's share ideas with each other. How do we teach values? How do we protect our kids from drugs and from pornography and from early exposure to things we don't want them to be involved in and from peer pressure and so on? It's a kind of a great thing to get parents talking and sharing. And, and what it does is they begin to realize, hey, I'm not in this by myself. I'm not the only one that's worried about these things. I'm not the only one that's struggling. And that alone is enough to send them home feeling a little better about what they're doing and and a little more motivated to just keep on trying to do better and better.
0: You know, I think to wrap this up, uh, we have to say that, uh, as you were just saying, Richard, that Life isn't perfect, and we met some people who were single parents or struggling with a divorce or a separation and so on, and yet the, and having really hard times with physical things with their children with disabilities and so on. But over and over again, the theme comes that those hard times are what really make us who we are. They're the refiner's fire. They, make, they improve us. They make us better. And I think that was kind of the bottom line of everybody that we saw there.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Let me just close off by inviting all of you listeners who find this sort of parenting in different parts of the world and so on interesting. Um, get on Linda's blog, Realm dot, dot and uh, you'll see the pictures of where we spent this last month and We hope your family's doing well. We hope uh, we'll be able to broadcast live now that we're back in the country. And until next time, thanks for being with us on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.